what's going on what's going on everybody so if you guys uh did not uh see the screen for those of you that are watching on facebook and youtube we are going to be talking about Encanto. so but before i get into anything thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the edmo show yes we are streaming live on instagram via the phone we are also streaming live on facebook and youtube if you guys want to get those notifications especially if you are on youtube please Hit that bell and subscribe to the Edmo Show. We will thank you greatly. But also, we got a word from a new sponsor of ours. Uh, as an American citizen, we have this thing called the Constitution, which in that Constitution, we have what is called the Second Amendment, which acknowledges your right to keep and bear arms. If you want to, if you live in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area and want to learn from professionals, please contact my friends at Firearms Training Incorporated, that is FTI, where you will get basic safety, um, <laughs> marksmanship training, concealed carry training, uh, certifications, and recertification, stop the bleed, and much more. Just go to FTIGun.com and schedule a class today. All right. So. As I said, we are going to get into Encanto, and um, as part of our Monday movie review, um, like I said, I give you guys two weeks, you know, when a movie drops, you know, you guys got two weeks to go see the movie. This one, you know, you can you could have gone to the theater, you could have watched it on Disney+, Plus, whatever. Now, Encanto is probably by far... One of the top movies that I've seen from Disney in a long time, you know. Yes, I'm a big kid. I still watch Disney movies, especially, you know, I just, you know, relive my childhood. So, um, but yes, this one was a really good one. Um, I really like the family values in it. Of course, it wouldn't be a Disney movie if it didn't have a pro-female, uh, you know, note to it. But I mean, hey, it, it I, I I would give this movie a very fair review. Um, you know, it, it was definitely very pro-female, very female heavy. But the reason why I say it's a good one, because it actually gives a, a pretty decent reflection on what I believe. And I could be wrong, but what I believe are the main uh, personality archetypes and deficiencies in, um, in the female populace today. Even though this movie is about a a Latino family uh, down in Colombia, but uh, I really thought the movie was good. So let's go ahead. Uh, I got this. You guys, if you will, going to join me on this slide right here. Boom. So we're going to talk about each character and then um, I'm going to give my review on some of the characters. I also got some articles pulled up because uh, there was actually when I started digging into this movie, there was a lot that kind of stood out to me that I did not know. So uh of course, we're going to go into that. So first one we're going to talk about is Pedro. Pedro, he is the patriarch of the family. Unfortunately, Pedro died. Of course, I'm going to do spoiler alerts in this movie. If you didn't, if you did not see the movie, eh, it's your problem. So Pedro dies and um, Pedro is the father of Peppa, Julita and Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno until the end. Um, he died protecting his wife, Alma, who is known in the movie as Abuela and his children after his death. The candle, um, a magical candle appeared and Encanto, which means charm in Spanish, if I got that right. But um, yeah, so, you know, Pedro is really seen, not really heard from, but uh, 
I believe, because they have this magical house called Casita, I believe that Pedro, even though Casita is a is in the feminine, I believe Pedro is Casita. That's just that's 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 my belief when I watch the movie. Because it's just kind of ironic that he dies and then this magical candle and this magical house pops up and the house actually has a personality. So we're going to move on. So next we're going to talk about Alma, who is Abuela in the movie. She is the patriarch of the family. Now she is approximately, and I actually did some research. I got the slot, the article up where they actually say what the ages are of the members of the family. So Abuela is 75, approximately 75 years old. The reason why I'm saying approximate is we don't know how old she was when she got with, uh, with uh, Pedro, but Pedro, they confirmed was about 25, 26 years old at the time of his death. So we don't know her exact age, but I'm saying approximate because that's what the article is saying approximately, but she is the patriarch of the family. She is widowed, uh, after Pedro died. Um, uh, she is the main one who blesses her family with the candles. Um, because she cre- she was the one that created the tradition of when the children turn about approximately five, um, they get a door in the house, a magical door which unlocks their powers. Whatever their gift is, you know they got to come through Abuela first to get. They, they touch the candle, then they, they they touch the door, and they get a room and they get powers. Um, but ironically, Abuela has no powers, so. Which is also very interesting when you watch the movie in uh, in comparison with the protagonist. All right. Um, oh, and before I say anything, if you guys are watching, unfortunately, I can't stream live uh, to Instagram. But if you guys want to see the slides, you guys can always tune in to YouTube. Uh, you guys can always go to Facebook if we are personal friends. Um, so that way, and you guys can drop comments. I should be able to see the comments as I'm doing this. So if you guys want to drop a comment on either YouTube or Facebook, please feel free. Um, but unfortunately, if you are, if you're busy, um, you can probably get this on the podcast version uh, when you guys tune into uh, stream, uh, not StreamYard. Um, uh, I can't remember. Spotify, sorry. Spotify and uh, other avenues. So if you guys want to go to YouTube, we're streaming live right now on YouTube. Just type in The Edmo Show and it should pop up. All right, so next character we got uh, is Peppa. Peppa's 50 years old. See, we we have exact ages of the daughter, of the children of Abuela and Pedro because in the movie, Abuela uh, states that it's been, we've been living here for about 50 years. So... Um, so Peppa is 50 years old. She's married to Felix. She's the mother of Dolores, Camilo, and Antonio, and she can control the weather with her emotions. <sighs> yeah. Um, and then we got Felix. Felix is approximately 50 years old. We don't know how old Felix is. They never really say, but we're just using the Abuela Pedro um, uh, option. Um, it's approximate. Like We're thinking they're around the same age. So uh, Felix is approximately 50 years old. He's married to Peppa. He's the father of Dolores, Camilo, and Antonio. Uh, He's married into the family. He's very high energy. He's very happy-go-lucky, but he has no gifts. And then we have uh, their daughter, Dolores. She's 21 years old. She's the second oldest of the grandkids. Um, She's the daughter of Felix and Peppa. She has super hearing, and she can hear a pin drop from a mile away. 
Next, we have Camillo. Camillo's 15 years old, son of Felix and Peppa. He can shape shift. He can shape shift into other people. Then we got oh, it, it melted my heart. I was like, oh my god, he's so adorable. We got Antonio. Antonio's five years old. Uh, he's the son of Felix and Peppa, but he was actually one of the newest. He's the he's the baby of the family. He was actually able to get his powers like fairly like early in the movie. Um, and his powers is he can talk to animals. Man, that boy just melted my heart. It was like, oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we got Juelita. And Juelita is the oldest of the triplets. She is 50 years old. She's married to Augustine. She's the mother of Isabella, uh, Luisa, and Mary Bell. And she can heal people with food. All right. Next, we got Augustine. Augustine, like Felix, we don't know his exact age. But he's approximately 50 years old. He's married to Juelita. Um, he is the mother. I mean, he's the father of Isabella, uh, Luisa, and Maribel. Uh, he's married into the family. He's very clumsy and accident prone. Has no gifts. And yeah. Isabella. She's 21 years old. She's the oldest of all the grandkids. She's the daughter of Augustine and Juelita. And she can make uh, her her powers is she can make flowers and plants because it pops up in the movie. She can make flowers and plants grow. And we got Luisa. She's 19 years old. She's the daughter of Augustine and Julita. Uh, her power is super strength. Then we got Maribel. Maribel is 15 years old. She's the daughter of Augustine and Julita. She's the protagonist. And she has no obvious gifts. Hint, hint, and I'm going to save that to the end when I get to my portion. What up, Studio Cat? All right. Then, of course, Bruno. We're talking about Bruno at the end. Bruno is 50 years old. And he can see into the future. Now, I'm just giving you the bare bare bones, you know, knuckle facts about the characters. I'm leaving my two cents. We're going to revisit them. I'm going to go down the list and tell you what I saw from watching the movie. All right. So next. But before we get into that, we're going to go over to our next sponsor, if you have a 400 to 699 credit score and you want an increase, I have a connection that can legally erase negative things like repos, foreclosures, late payments, medical bills, student loans, evictions, and more. Just contact my friend, Michael Stanley Jr., the credit savage, at 717-609-4829 and text the word credit. You'll get amazing results. Trust me because I'm using them right now. All right, so back to it. So now... We are going to go over to our articles. So as you can see here, I got the ages. It's from um, from Screen Rant. Let me see. Where is... There we go. So from Screen Rant, um, we got the ages of the Encanto characters explained. Um, yeah, as you can see here, we got Pedro. Um, they said right here, Abuelo, Pedro, 26 when he died. And like I said here, she uh, she would be then 75, 76 years old during the film because we don't know exactly how old she is. And like they said, like they said, uh, so assuming Abuela was almost the same age as her late husband. And you got Julita. She's 50. Yeah, we got Augustine, Isabella. Yeah. So we got this is where I was getting all that information from. All right. Uh, yeah, let me see. Where's Felix at? I actually liked Felix, even though I wish Felix would have got more screen time. Yeah, so they say he's likely early to mid-50s. 
All right. So this, again, a lot of these articles are going to be screen rant articles. So this is what sparked me down the road. Who attacked the village in Encanto? Real Colombian history explained. Encanto offered a detailed, authentic portrayal of Colombia in mid, in many ways, raising the question of whether its armed conflict is based on true history. Um, let me see. Where did they actually got into it? All right, so right here. Uh, given Encanto's canonical setting in Colombia rather than a made-up fantasy world, it's likely that the attack that drove Alma and Pedro from their hometown due to intentional and corporate uh, true historical events based on context clues, then the conflict being referenced is probably th- the Thousand Days War. Some theories would have suggested that it would be La Vin- Violencia. La Violenza. Trust me, I got D's in Spanish, so don't 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 come for me. But this, <laughs> but this would have to be a more metaphorical reference rather than a literal one, since the film setting wouldn't quite line up. Ah. Based on key details in Canto, such as characters' dress, type of camera used, and the family photo, Bruno's home uh, entertainment setup uh, inside the walls of Casita, uh, in Canto's time period. Settings is approximately 1950s. I know I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that at all because they had those cameras, uh, the type of camera that they use. They had that in the 1800s. So I wouldn't say whoever wrote that article does not know cameras. Yeah, because the type of camera, because in two scenes, they're taking photos and they got one of those little still shot, you know, little accordion type cameras where you got the little thing and the little the little puff of smoke. They had those back in Abraham Lincoln's time, which was in the 1800s. So to me, I think the the Thousand Days War actually makes sense. So this will place Alma and Pedro backstory around the turn of the century when real life Thousand Days War was taking place. The conflict, which ran 17 October to 1899 to 21 November 1902, the period of civil unrest in which the liberal and conservative groups fought to enact decentralized or centralized government, respectively. Okay, so let me see. And I actually looked up what the Thousand Day War is. The War of a Thousand Days. Uh, thou- the War of a Thousand Days, uh, Spanish, La Guerrilla de los Mil Dias. Yeah, yeah, I said that. Yeah, I told y'all I'm terrible at Spanish. I'm terrible at Spanish and Hebrew, but I think I'm better at Hebrew than I am Spanish. I'm pretty sure all my my Spanish friends are going to make fun of me for this. That's all right. 1899 and 1903, Colombian uh, civil war between the liberals and conservatives, which resulted in between 60,000 and 130,000 deaths, expensive property damage, and national economic ruin. The liberal party represented the coffee plantation owners and import-export merchants who favored laissez-faire economic policies, largely excluded from participation in government after... The conservative victory in 1885, they were further distressed by drastic turndown in international price of coffee. By 1899, many coffee growers were operating at a loss. You know what? And you know what I just realized? I did not make my coffee. I can't believe I'm doing an episode with no coffee. This is this is outrageous. See, but this is because uh, I was knuckles deep in, in creating these slides for you guys. I did not have my coffee. Even though I had my coffee this morning when I was when I woke up, that's all right. The conservative government suffering from reduced custom revenues responded by issuing unbacked paper currency. 
that sounds very familiar, even though I'm not blaming like American conservatives, but that sounds very familiar because that's what we got going on today. Suffering from a reduced customs revenue responded by issuing unbacked paper currency, causing the value of pesos to drop precipitously. War broke out in coffee growing regions in 1899 and the first phase lasting for several months ended by the defeat of the liberal forces at Palo Negro, <laughs> Palo Negro on May 25th, 1900 during the next two and a half years, the disorganized, but highly disruptive guerrilla style warfare raged in rural areas with great destruction of property and loss of life in both combat and from disease, unable to pacify the countryside through military tactics, imprisonment, fines, exportation, uh, expropriation of property. The conservatives offered amnesty and political reform in June on June 12th, 1902. By November, the two most important liberal leaders, Rafael Urib Urib and Benjamin Herrera, surrendered after negotiating peace treaties, uh, promising amnesty, free elections, and political monetary reform. Panama seceded soon after from the war. So yeah. So there's actual historical connections to uh to Encanto which you know I appreciate you know cuz it, it was it was definitely a question um it was definitely a question because you just see you don't see who who um who actually killed um Pedro he you know you just see them crossing a river and then Pedro hugs his wife and kids and then he just turns around and you just see these blacked out silhouettes on horseback so you don't really know who they are exactly but that little tidbit you know was very i appreciated it all right so they're sitting here talking about easter eggs which i don't really care about oh so this was another thing so dolores you know she always did this whole squeaking thing you know when the kids were chasing around maribel and they were asking about her powers and the grandmother jumps in and she's like, Maribel, what are you doing? And then Dolores, right in this scene, in this scene right here, if you can see my mouse, in this scene right here, she's just like, she doesn't have any, she doesn't have any powers. <laughs> and it's like, that's just something that she did throughout the movie. So funny enough, I was able to find an article explaining that. So in Canto, why Dolores squeaks and what does it really mean? Uh, while Dolores high pitch, hmm sound uh signifies that she is nervous in Encanto it also has a deeper historical meaning rooted in Colombian culture throughout Disney's heavily praised animated feature Encanto Dolores makes a particular squeaking sound rooted in Colombian culture Encanto uh centers on the Madrigals a Colombian family that is blessed with a miracle having uh, after having fleeing flee their village this miracle gives the family uh a new enchanted home and each child a magical gift, except for the youngest daughter, Maribel. While Encanto does not specify the exact location of Maribel, uh, the Madrigal's town, the animated musical draws heavily upon its rural Colombian setting. This shapes Encanto's environment, which features wax palm trees, coffee plantations, and animals like toucans, jaguars, and capybaras. I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that right, but that's all right. Colombian culture also influenced the family's values, and characters portrayed in Encanto, 
The Magic Girls not only wear traditional clothing, but eat, enjoy food like arepas and coffee. And Canto's songs emphasize the importance of music in the Colombian culture, blending common musical styles such as, I'm not even going to attempt to say those, in addition to one subtler uh, way Encanto represents Colombian culture uh, is through its characters' mannerisms. So many Encanto's characters uh, use Colombian facial and hand gestures. Dolores even makes one typical Colombian sound. At different points throughout the Encanto, uh, throughout Encanto, Dolores makes a high-pitched sound. Which includes, uh, this includes when she's uh, bluntly explained Maribel's lack of gift to the local children, describes Luisa's anxiety, and overhears Maribel and her father discussing Bruno's vision. Within Encanto, then Dolores uh, squeaks when <laughs> uh, means that she is talking about something potentially upsetting or heard information she was not supposed to know. However, Dolores squeaks also has a deeper historical meaning. And this is the scene, this little cut scene right here when she squeaks. According to one explanation via Twitter, gestures have great historical significance in Colombia. When colonizers arrived, indigenous Colombians were afraid to speak in front of them at risk of being attacked. Due to this, Colombians began using nonverbal communication. Instead, they signaled each other through facial gestures and... Ah... Onomatopoeias. Uh, I, I, I don't. I think. Whatever. I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that. Onomatopoeias. Yeah. Uh, which Colombians still use today. This includes Dolores' hmm sound whenever she is nervous. And Canto also features other similar Colombian mannerisms. For example, Maribel frequently makes large hand gestures reflecting. The Colombian belief that it is rude for people to speak with their hands in their pockets. Camillo gives a specific hand gesture when Antonio uh, receives a gift, which was like the little, yeah, that little, that little snap thing. Camillo gives, uh, yeah, Camillo does an African finger snap, signifying that something's something cool or amazing is happening. Maribel also uses typical Colombian facial expressions to point with her lip. Uh, when encountering uh, Antonio to open his gift, uh, open his present. This gestures, these gestures, along with Dolores' home sounds, improves, uh, improves Encanto's representation of Colombian culture, capturing a subtle but important aspect of daily life. So, yeah. So, I thought that was very interesting. Um, of course, you know, you, in, in media, you have this push for racial and cultural inclusion and all this other stuff. To me, I'm on the fence. And the reason why I'm on the fence is because sometimes it goes overboard. Sometimes, but I feel like in Encanto, they did it perfectly. Uh, because it, it it calls back to the Colombian culture. Even though your only clue, like they're clues. They don't outright say that they're in Colombia, except for when Maribel opens up her closet and you see a drawing that says Columbia on it. And of course, you know, coffee and all this other stuff. But, um, but honestly, like when, when media does these depictions of cultures, sometimes they, they, they tend to overdo it and, or they try to, you know, they try to romanticize it, which I mean, it's fine. It, it's for entertainment and all this other stuff, but 
sometimes it comes to the detriment of either whites or blacks. So I just I'm, I like the fact that they were trying to make it as authentic as they can. But also one of the things that I really liked about uh, Encanto, I don't even, I don't want to say the multiracial, multi ethnic because they're all Colombian. But I like the fact that they show the richness, especially in Latin America, you know, where you have the Afro-Colombians and you have the Spanish Colombians and you have the, um, well, I don't want to say Spanish, but you have the indigenous or native looking Colombians. And then you have your Spaniard looking Colombians. And you can see that in just the members of the family. I'm I'm going to go back. So... So here, of course, you got a Pedro. He looks very Latin. He looks very like South American. And you have Abuela. She looks pretty South, South American. But then you got Peppa. Peppa is redhead. She looks white. So she represents a more Spaniard, European-esque type of Latin. Then you have Felix. Felix is obviously Afro-Latino. Like He's Afro-Colombian. You can tell. Then you have Dolores, who looks Afro, is Afro-Colombian. Then you have Camilo, who looks mulatto, like myself, because he's not as dark as Dolores or Felix, and he all, his hair is also different. But then you have Antonio. Antonio, you know, he's obviously Afro-Colombian. Uh, Julita, who looks very native. You have Augustine, who looks very European. Then you have Isabella, that looks very indigenous or native. You have Louisa, she looks pretty, you know, South American. And then you have Maribel, looks very South American. Then you have Bruno, who looks very South American. So the only one in the family that really looks European is Pepper. She has red hair and green eyes. So, but even in the townspeople, you see, you have the people who look very European. You have the people who look very Afrocentric. You have people who look very indigenous. So I like the healthy blend that they had and they didn't talk about it. They, it was just like, we're a family. It's not. And that's something that I like. If you're going to show diversity, don't talk about the diversity. That's like, that's very annoying. Like I like the fact that they did not mention it at all. I like the fact that they just made them, they just made them a community. They made them a family. They didn't talk about, Oh, well, uh, they treated Felix different because he was Afro-Latino. They didn't talk about Peppa because she looks very white and European. They didn't talk about it at all. They didn't address it at all. And even in the kids, you see the duality in the kids. So, I mean, not the not the, the Madrigal kids, but you see it in the town's kids. You know, they're, they're one big giant community. And I honestly feel like that is what's needed today. You know, because we have all this divisive talk and all this other stuff and and sometimes in like movies it, it can get carried away so before i move on of course we have another sponsor all right so if you are suffering from acne and dark spots like i do and you just want a deep clean or a wax <laughs> contact my friends down at new skin cosmetics where you are guaranteed a certified esthetician and all natural products with no chemicals. Just text 202-507-9577 and book yourself an appointment today. So, 
back to the show. So, all right. So now I'm gonna get down to what I saw in the in the um in the movie. So, Abuela. Abuela is the matriarch, and she she's very well respected. But of course, you can tell that Abuela is still mourning after 50 years. She's still mourning the death of her husband Pedro, and you can tell that by the black shawl that she wears. And then, if I'm not mistaken, in Latin cultures. Wearing the black shawl is a sign of a widow, but also, of course, black is a is a color of mourning and a color of death and all this other stuff. And she was married, so and thank God that they didn't have her marry someone else. I like the fact that they kept her like you know. To me, that speaks to the to the strength of her as a character, but as a woman in the in the in the film, because her sole purpose that she talked about throughout the movie was keeping her family together and blessing and providing for the community. So, and and oftentimes, and um, we see these archetypes in the other characters, oftentimes we see that they try to, pro- they try to overdo female characters and their strength. A character like Abuela, like you, you respected her, one, because of her age, her statue, the way the way that she carried herself, but you all you automatically get that sense when she steps out of her room and her family is there to greet her. That kind of takes me back to um, let me prop out the Bible real quick. Uh, that 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 reminds me of Proverbs um, thirty one. Let me see what page it's on. Uh, Proverbs eight ten. All right, Proverbs 31. Uh, let me see. Proverbs 31, 10. Let's see. An accomplished woman who can find a value. All right, let me skip down. She watches over her affairs. All right, so this is the part right here. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and bless her. And that's what we see in, um, in Encanto when she... The when uh, Maribel is doing the song, the moment she steps out of her bedroom, you see that her children arise and they bless her. They're showing her their respect and charm and uh, yeah, uh, praise her. Many daughters, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Her, her children arise and bless her. Her husband also praises her. So we see that in in the movie, and that's one thing that I can appreciate and of course another thing that i can appreciate in the movie was the christian or the catholic um uh presentation or the the because you see the churches you see the priest i i appreciate that you know they're they're not trying to hide it and all this other stuff in the movie you know and at least it gives you a sense of what their values are and the fact that i can i can correlate that to proverbs 31 of you know how her children respect her, they ride, they arise and and call her blessed and all this other stuff. To me, like that is that's one point for Disney. But also, Maribel also has a, I mean, not Maribel. Abuela has a dark side. Abuela is very since she's still mourning the death of her husband and the fact that she fears, like she fears, like the worst, um, and she keeps secrets. 
you see a scene where she notices the cracks in the house and she's talking to or she's praying, you know, for her dead husband, Abuelo, to help her, you know, to keep her strong and and to help her find the best way to to deal with the with the crisis to come. But also Abuela is very hard on her family. She's very hard on um cuz you see that in Bruno, you see that in the grandkids and that manifests itself into uh personality deficiencies. So, we get to Peppa. The very first one. Peppa is bipolar. That chick is bipolar. The fact that she can control weather with her emotions and her emotions are always changing like the weather. This chick is bipolar. And like, it, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because she snaps one minute, but then she, but then it takes Felix, her husband, to kind of calm her down. And so that way she can kind of change or it takes Abuela to be like, hey, you're raining again. And then she's like, mama, you know, I'm looking for Antonio. Gotta, gotta, gotta. Like the fact that she, she's bipolar. Like the chick is crazy and she even looks crazy and like she's up, she's down. She, she looks depressed one minute. She's overly happy the next. The chick, it, she got bipolar depression. Felix, you know, there's nothing really wrong with Felix. I liked Felix as a character. Like he was very, um, he was a, I think to me, he was like more like window dressing. He was just there. There wasn't anything great about him. There wasn't anything bad about him. You know, he was a loving husband um, you know, the fact that he was always with Pepper, you know, he, 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 but you don't really, you see him kind of discipline the kids a bit. So I like the fact that they allowed Pedro, I mean, not Pedro, they allowed Felix to be a patriarch. The only difference, the only issue that I have is you're living in your mother-in-law's house. So... But I, I guess in Latin cultures, I mean, but the fact that they're, you know, they're like the, the great family in the community, I, I kind of get it. That's like you're living in the governor's mansion, I guess. But you actually see Felix actually discipline Camilo when Camilo is pretending to be Dolores to get um, to get seconds in breakfast. And he's like, yo, why? Like, cut that out. Let everyone get their food first. Then, you know, you get yours. So you see him discipline his son. All right. And you got Dolores. Dolores. Dolores is very soft-spoken, and Dolores doesn't say exactly what she wants, but also with Dolores, Dolores is, she has all the tea. Because she can hear everything, she knows everyone's business, you know, but the thing is, the, when, um, I forgot the incident, though, but there was an incident where Maribel's at the table, and then Dolores just starts spilling the tea to everybody and it gets around that the that the candle's going out and all this other stuff and it just gets around. So but ultimately Dolores is the I believe she's the wallflower. She's like the hidden gem. Like she she to me she's pretty, you know, she's very attractive, but she doesn't say what she wants and that's I believe that she has, I don't want to say insecurities, but she does, she lacks confidence. And we actually see that in a lot of women today who are very beautiful, but they, they're very soft-spoken, they're very meek to the point where they don't say what they want. They don't, they don't express themselves because, you know, it's very hard for them to, and 
that is one of the the things about Dolores. Like she, if you listen, if you watch her, it's like I had to turn up the volume. Like, what did she say? And then, luckily, my wife likes to play the closed captions because she's always missing stuff. So, with the closed captions, we can kind of hear what she's saying. But Dolores, like she she spills the tea, but then she's not very direct, which is weird. We got Camillo, even though he's he's one of the few males in the in the family. Camillo. Since he's a shapeshifter, um, but he's a trickster, he likes to play play around. He likes to joke around and stuff stuff like that. But it's not really a deficient of deficiency of his because he's a teenage boy. So he to me he he does what teenage boys do. The thing, the issue with Camillo is Camillo, his powers is identity issues. He he has to be someone else to perform a task. You know, there's a scene in the earlier when they're setting up for Antonio's party, you know, um, Camilo's just hanging out and uh, Abuela's like, uh, Camilo, we need another Jose. And he's like, another Jose coming up. Boom. He turns to Jose to help uh, put it, put up a sign. So that goes to like identity issues. And I wouldn't say that that's an issue of his. It's an issue that exists. All right, so next we have Antonio. Of course, Antonio, he's he's just so adorable. There's nothing wrong with the kid. The kid's perfect. Like the kid, like he's just so cute. He's so adorable. He's like an and and one thing I like about Antonio is I like seeing a lot of the TikToks and the posts about Antonio. A lot of kids, even though I I kind of hate it when people push for representation. You know, when they overly do it, oh, we need to be represented in TV shows and and movies and yada, yada, yada. But I like the fact that they, I liked how they made Antonio look and the fact that young kids, because young kids are watching this movie. Like I've seen articles where young kids were saying, and these are four or five year olds just saying like, wow, that looks like me. Or is that, you know, that's cute. That's cute. But when you just start saying, oh, we want representation because we're underrepresented and all of this stuff, again, have the representation, but don't talk about it. Like, have the representation with, and but be honest. Like, just boom, here we go. But, you know, but Antonio was just so adorable. He was just, he's such a cute little lad. All right. Julita, she is the caregiver. Honestly, I don't really have anything to say negative about her character because there's a scene when everybody in the family loses their powers Julita still acted exactly the same she wasn't tripping about the fact that she didn't have powers she's like look my job is to take care of my family that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go get something to I'm gonna go get something to help Maribel feel better she is the mom she is the quintessential mother figure like she's not as she's not the matriarch like Abuela, but you respect her. She is the woman of the house. She takes care of everybody. She makes sure everyone's straight. She actually heals the community with her food. You got people lining up to eat her food. But culturally, we ain't got women that cook. So and and the the one thing that um uh Asavar uh, uh, uh Azarashad Ali, I think I'm saying her name right. She wrote um she wrote a phenomenal book back in the 80s um regarding black relationships between men and women. And of course she's she's Muslim, so 
Yeah, uh, you know, but she talks about pork and you know and all this other stuff. But she, but in in her talking about pork and foods that you know, of course, are you're not supposed to eat biblically, whether you know you're Muslim, Christian, Jewish, or whatever. She she talks about how the woman's role of being in the kitchen and cooking for her family is the woman's contribution to the health of her family. She her job is to make sure that her family is healthy, to do what they need to do. You know, that's her role. And that is a very empowering role. The fact that you are the life source of the family, you are the person that makes sure your family has sustenance, make sure that they're well fed, make sure that they're healthy and all this other stuff. But now in today's society, we don't have women that cook. You know, it's easier to go out, you know, order, you know, order fast food, go to a restaurant and not cook. And that culture, because I mean, not to not to talk about my mom, but, you know, I love my mom to death. But my mom wasn't really much of a cook. My grandmother was. So and I actually learned how to cook, even though my mom could cook. My mom doesn't like cooking. My grandmother, that's just what she does. It's not whether she likes it, dislikes it. That's what she does. And, you know, my wife was kind of shocked when the fact that she, when she found out that I can cook because I grew up with my grandmother teaching me how to cook. I was always in the kitchen helping my, helping my grandmother cook. So, and especially with today's society, we have this obesity epidemic. You, a lot of, when you see people who eat, who, who are obese, a lot of times they're not eating wholesome home-cooked meals they're eating you know if they are cooked they're eating out of a box they're eating out of a can they're not you know there's not too much actual cooking skills it's heat up mix together put in the oven bam you're done there's not a lot of there's not a lot of feeling there's not a lot of love in food nowadays and actually food actually uh, a lot of studies are attributing diet to a lot of behavioral issues of course we got augustine augustine is just the oaf man he he's he's very clumsy he's prone to me that is their jab at men you know and he mimics his wife so he's very came off very beta to me all right isabella the the golden child she's known as the golden child the perfect child but even in her perfection she she is the child that is that she wants to uphold the family values and the fact that she's the firstborn, she has a lot on her and she foregoes a lot of herself to please and benefit the family. Do I think that's a negative? No, not entirely. I mean, if you come from a healthy family, I don't see anything wrong with wanting to please your family, with wanting to do what's right by your family, wanting to uphold the family values. Because a lot of times what we're seeing is women who live for self and do for self and don't have any values. They don't pass on values to their kids, you know, but what the only difference is Isabella was going to or Isabella was going to marry a dude that she just was not in love with. Dolores was actually in love with him, but Isabella was going to marry him because that's what that's what was expected. You know, a lot of times in these old families, that's kind of how it went. But she just said, I never wanted to marry him. You know, it, she just said it flat out in a in a, an emotional outburst. But 
you know, but the problem with Isabella is that she was living for other people and not really living for herself. You know, even when she discovered that she can make a cactus, she can make other things. She didn't know she could do that because the only thing that she's ever made was flowers because flowers are beauty. She's only made beautiful things, even though when she made the cactus and other things, they were also beautiful. So her problem was living up to expectations, but not really being true to herself. Louisa, this is the one that had, she was the basket case that broke the donkey's back. This chick, like, when Dolores spilt the fact that, you know, the that Louisa had some concerns and she heard her eye twitching all night, Louisa's problem is the problem of a lot of people today, especially the modern woman. They put too much on themselves. Her fear was that one day she would not be strong enough to handle the burdens of the family. She And she says in her song that, she wants to burden the weight of the family, but she feels that one day it's just going to keep dripping to the point where she just can't handle it no more. So a lot of her stuff was very eternal, internal, like it was very emotional and it was very fear-based. And what you see in a lot of successful women is a lot of fear. They're afraid that they can't handle it. They're afraid that they can't do it all by themselves. They're afraid that, you know, and, and that's why you see them and they're the do-it-all women. I got my own house. I got my own car. I got a degree. I don't need no man for nothing. I'm strong enough by myself. But then they're lonely. And, and like, it's 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 amazing how these things manifest themselves. Too often I see women chase after these degrees, chase after these jobs, chasing after money. They become very masculine like Louisa. If you look at her, she looks like a dude. She got broad shoulders, thick neck, you know, she got hairy arms. Shout out to the animation. The animation was amazing. The fact that you can see the hairs on their arm, that's crazy. But she doesn't really look feminine except her face. Like she has a sort of feminine face and she has little tiny feminine feet. But other than that, she's brolic as as F. You know, she she's she's a dude and by all intents and purposes. You know, and it's weird. Like, I feel like Isabella and, and Louisa are the the culmination of feminism. You know, and, and that's really what I think. You know, so perfect and trying to look so feminine, but yet you don't want a man. So strong and so, like, dependable that you don't need a man. You don't want a man, you don't need a man. Isabella, Louisa, these are the two chicks. You know, but the happy ones was Peppa. She was happy when she was with her man. Julita, she was happy when she was with her man. Abuela, she was miserable without her man. But then you got Dolores, who's secretly in love with the dude that's in love with Isabella and appreciates him. And then the dude flips and turns to Dolores. But you got Isabella like, I'm so perfect. I'm so beautiful. I'm so I want what I want, but then you got at least, I don't need you. Like I can, I live donkeys, churches, boulders, bridges, mountains. I don't care, but you know, on the inside, I'm insecure on the inside. I'm afraid that one day I may not be able to handle it. And I, to me, that is the, that is the hardcore truth in this movie that these women try so hard to be masculine like Louisa, that internally, one day they fear that they may not be able to handle it. If they say it or not, 
But to me, I, I honestly, I think, because why else do you chase after another degree? Why else do you chase after another job? Why else do you put off having kids? Why else do you put off getting married? Because you think that you don't need it until one day you don't have it. And when Louisa lost her strength, she crumbled. Moving on. Maribel. Maribel is probably the... She's a great character. You saw her insecurities when after, you know, not having... Um, uh, not having a gift because her grandmother treasured her, the, the people in the family that had gifts, but she put a lot of burden on them. But Maribel's thing was, she was the fixer. She wanted to fix and help. And to me, her power is keeping the family together. Her, fa- like her and the house were connected. That what her, that's what her power was. The only thing that I saw that made a difference between Antonio because we only saw Antonio's coronation and hers. Antonio touched the candle, then touched the doorknob. Maribel touched the candle and then touched herself. So to me, Maribel is the most magical one in the house. She had the most connection to the house out of everybody. You know, she actually had a relationship with the house. She actually saw the cracks in the house. She was able to see visions. She had a little bit of everybody's power a bit. You know, so to me, she was the most magical one in the house. Then we got Bruno. Bruno is the black sheep of the family. Bruno battles depression. He battles anxiety. He battles like just not feeling. He feels like the scapegoat because they had a song talking about we don't talk about Bruno. And then they explain why they don't talk to Bruno. And then they they're making him look creepy. They're making him look um, crazy and all this other stuff. Bruno is the quintessential, uh, he is the embodiment of what's happening to masculinity in today's society. Because as men, we warn people about things that are coming. We see things that are coming. And then we're told to be quiet. We're told we're not going to talk about that. We're told we're not going to handle that. We're not going to deal with that. We're going to look the other way. And to the point where now you have the manosphere, you have these black pill dudes, you have these these blue pill dudes, these purple pill dudes, these white pill dudes, these red pill dudes. You have all these personalities to the point where you have to withdraw from from society like these, these MGTOW dudes. These MGTOW dudes had to withdraw, feel like that they have to withdraw from society. But it doesn't, it doesn't erase the fact that as men, we still love our family. We still love our community. But the only thing is we feel like the only way we can help is by being away. And we're not going to be away away. We're going to be in the shadows. We're going to be in the walls. We're going to be repairing the house as the house is falling apart. So Bruno, to me, is the most, he is the embodiment of what's happening in masculinity. And finally, when he finally had the courage to stand up and say something. He called his mom like, you stubborn old woman. If you feel like that she's the problem, then I got some way. And then his mom just embraces him. So as a man, you got to stand up for what you believe in. But too often we're afraid and we step back in the shadows because we're afraid of getting blamed. We're afraid of being looked at as the ones that are causing the problems instead of the ones that are foretelling the problems. And to the point where you start to believe it yourself. We got these dudes out here that are believing that that 
why should I have a family when a family means that a woman can up and leave and take me for my money, take me for my house, and I'm I'm a deadbeat, I'm a broke dude, I'm a loser, I'm this, I'm that. That's not the case, dude. Just stand up for yourself. Stand up for, you know, for what's right. And at least Bruno had a redemption at the end of the movie where they brought him in. And people forgave him. They just completely looked, looked to the side. Like, they're like, all right, he's back now. So, yeah, that is my review. Sorry. That is my review of Encanto. It was a it was an amazing film. I hope you guys got uh got some good tidbits out of my analysis. Please, if you guys saw anything, if I missed anything, please uh comment in the comments box or you guys can send us an email. But um let's get on up out of here. I am once again asking for your financial support. Thank you, Bernie. We are asking for you guys' financial support. So if you guys want to help out the show, please visit our friends. Uh, over at FTI, Credit Savage, New Skin Cosmetics. Uh, you guys can use the Edmo uh, 2-1 code over at um, Wilder Tactical. But um, but if you guys want to get some merch, trust me, we got some merch out. We got mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, masks. We got leggings that said bigger, better deal on it. So go over to Teespring. The description box will be in the descriptions and links will be in the box below. But if you guys, are, um, if you guys don't want to buy any merch, you know, that's cool. We also have PayPal. You guys can go over to our PayPal, drop a couple of coins in the bucket. But if you guys are down to your lonely, bottom, crusty, stanky dollar, please just give us a thumbs up. Give, uh, but if you guys listen to this on Apple iTunes or Spotify, give us five stars and a nice little comment. Uh, but if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns at all, please hit up the wife over in management at theedmoshow at gmail.com. And I will see you guys Wednesday. <laughs> Peace out.